Wrestling with Sports, the only podcast with two Major League Baseball All-Stars, one four-time Stanley Cup winner, and a rock star. What's going on, guys? Uh, Lars, Dimitri, D-Mac. We are a night after War Games, which was always one of my old-school WCW pay-per-views. And tonight, while we record the podcast, I am playing for you War Games 1992 Stinger Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance. We're just going to kind of talk wrestling while watch wrestling. Uh, this was always one of my favorite pay-per-views. Now, I know, Dimitri, you are old WCW guy, so you've seen a lot of war games. D-Mac? Oh, definitely. Lars, were you guys ever into the war games back in your uh, wrestling watching days, or is that a new concept since NXT for you guys? I'm I'm gonna lead this off. Dmac's gonna lead this off. Dennis and say, guys, last night I watched the full thing and it broke my war games virginity. Um, uh, I, I want I want everybody. Um, and you know, as we, you know, Jay, as all of we talk about our wrestling loves and not only in the past but in the present, I'm more of an AEW guy. That like world WWEs because that's the as I always say the republic and you know it is the commercial thing. But I'm like AEW and NXT because of you guys and because of this show NXT Impact. I've been gorging on it, and but I waited to watch this first. That that was the first one that I ever watched. But I didn't really from until hearing the intricacy of the show realize where everything came from. So, um. That's that, that, That's awesome. So you guys, I'll be listening. As Jason always says, I, I'm just going to sit back and listen here. And uh, uh, you, <laughs> Miss you, Jay. Love you, Lars. Yeah, yeah. This is all, one of my always one of my all time favorite pay per views. I love the whole double cages thing. The the one thing that you know when I look back in 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 retrospect, though, is the cage ceiling is so small or so short. You know what I mean? It's guy, you know, guys like when you like Sid Vicious get in there. I think that uh, well, this is ninety two, so ninety three or ninety one wasn't Sid Vicious in it? I think ninety one or nine, yeah, ninety one. Ninety one, and and just how tall he was, and you could kind of see the scope of it. But I, this one, I remember in specifics. Of, if we're talking about the, this one, is the Dangerous Alliance with Zabisco, and he's kind of having he's got beef with the other guys in the Dangerous Alliance, if I remember correctly. You do, and we get a stunning Steve Williams, stunning Steve Austin in this match, too, before he becomes Stone Cold, which makes it awesome. Classic Rick Rude in this match. I mean, for me, this was the height of, of my my fandom in WCW, but I wanted to throw this on to kind of compare where War Games is now to where it has come from. Oh, man. Well... First of all, you have Dusty Rose actually there instructing everybody on what to do versus what we have today. And don't get me wrong, I, lo I love 
four games last night. I watched it and I was kind of, you know, I was shocked by, you know, some of the moves that Pat McAfee was doing. But um, wow, I mean, he... this old school stuff right here. I, I, this is oh my god! Look how short the cage is. Like Lars was. Oh my oh god! My <laughs> Do you now? Watching this, (laughs) but watching this, do you wish NXT would put a top on their cage? Are you okay? No, 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 no. And I think I know, and I think to Dimitri's point, no matter what you got to say, is that Pat McAfee is a gifted athlete because not he did the moves he did off the top, off the top rope. Um, the uh, Panama Sunrise, uh, Adam Cole's finisher, which I'd never seen before, which Canadian I was Destroyer. like, I had to, I watched that about eight times. What is it? Canadian Destroyer. Is that what that, that's Petey's Canadian Destroyer? Yeah, Pete. So uh, Pete has some heat with Adam Cole because Adam stole the move and then renamed it. And Pete always says he doesn't care who does the move. Just keep it the original name because it was named after a Canadian wrestler who was kind of his mentor and it was a nod to him. And he feels like it's a slap in his face when someone takes it and renames it. it it's I concur. It, it's interesting, but like, for the history lesson, like I said, I'm learning, I'm learning new things, but that's why it's like such a, wow. That's for, for Petey to have brought that out and stuff like that. That's that, yeah. that was crazy, but that's I a topic. Like, that's a topic in itself. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it, look, look at all the young, old school. Yeah, look how look young these guys the, are. Look at the old school images, right? This was the 90s, early 90s wrestling sort of image as now everybody's tattooed, everybody's, you know, whatever the fashion are different and stuff. But everybody, like, look at everybody's pretty much there. Like old school blonde was the, the Hulkster thing. That's. <laughs> That's the thing that strikes me right now. Well, I just love, you know, the, the fact that when Paulie's like describing like or telling everybody that the, the, the strategy, you know, it's like he's he's he's, you know, showing everybody what to do, where, where everybody needs to be. He's pointing out a piece of paper. But I mean, if you think about all these guys that are in 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 that are involved in this, I mean, you got Steamboat, you got Barry Windham, you got a, a young Dustin Rhodes. Of course, you got Sting, and then you got you know Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson. I mean, these guys. I mean, we're talking about sort of the cream of the crop if you think about it. If you look back, these. I mean, this was these are the dudes, you know. So technically sound, all of them. Gosh, can I ask a question? Absolutely. Can I ask? Let me let me ask you guys this then. Do you see some from watching these old? Who's in the ring right now? Awesome. Barry Windham and Stone Cold Steve Austin, aka Stunning Steve Austin. Stunning Steve. But but do you know do you notice because all the guys that are sort of back in the industry and sort of do you see some of the old stuff coming out like last night? Like because how are you gonna always up yourself? You know, like it's like rest jump tops and doing this. The program has the program changed over the years, I guess, when it comes to the War games. See, that's tough because they just turned what they it's what three years now, three years old for NXT. And I've watched all three of them. I I thought they've done a great job as a purist for me. 
going back and look at it because nothing will ever top what the original stuff we grew up on because we'll always go back and look at it with rose-colored glasses. But, yeah, I, I really think NXT has done it a justice. Although, my pet peeve is War Games should not be a whole pay-per-view. It should be a match. The same thing with Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell should not be a pay-per-view. It needs to just be a match. And that's one of the things that, that kind of irks me with the WWE. Well, that's what they're going to do. And they've done it ever since they bought everything from WCW and purposely not giving any of it to Cody Rhodes, who would seriously do his daddy proud. But, I mean, I like what they've done with the war games. It's very action-packed. It's fast-paced. It's hard-hitting. And that's what War Games is all about. So from that justice, I can say uh, NXT has done a great job. Vince McMahon's hands are not on it at all. That's that's a Triple H thing, and, and Triple H is paying homage to Dusty Rhodes. Because Dusty Rhodes' hands is all over professional wrestling. Every uh, organization here in, in Japan, all over, is Dusty Rhodes somewhere involved. So... I want to say as a whole, <laughs> the wrestling industry is is carrying on Dusty Rhodes' his, his, uh, vision to the next level. And, and by the way, for the people listening at home to kind of set up what we're doing, kind of doing the podcast now, uh, we're going to throw on a classic match. We're all going to kind of watch it and then talk current wrestling, old wrestling. When we have guests come on, we're going to have them pick their favorite matches growing up and watch it with them and figure out why they like it. And, and for me, like I said, I, I, I picked this because we're just coming off the heels of War Games. Uh, I tell you, I want to go back to Pat McAfee for a second. Really has changed my mind on him. I was not a huge fan when he first came in. But as he's starting to separate himself from when he first came in, it seemed like he tried to mimic everybody he loved growing up. And sometimes it's nice. But when you're on TV, I want to see him be him. And I think as Pat McAfee is getting more comfortable in NXT, he's really starting to separate himself. And he's showing me that he wants to be there. He's not just some guy that's like, you know what, today I want to try wrestling. And I'm really appreciating him for that. Hey, guys, uh, is there, did you, hey, did you notice this? Because this is what I took away, and I know it was my first one. But in these, because of the longevity of the matches, it really shone on, say, in the male match yesterday, Pete Dunne and, what is it, Kyle Riley or, or whatever that came out first because, I mean, it's just the the endurance. Like, sometimes do they use that like they're using Stun and Steve here where he eventually became Stone Cold. And I know that was in WWE or WWF, but do you think there's something to that as far as blowing guys up? I would always think that they're going to send the, the best worker out there first since he's got to be there the longest. I mean, I think in any kind of one of those matches, whether, you know, even the Royal Rumble, you feel like the best guy always kind of goes out there first. I don't know. I mean, that's just my, I, I guess, sort of uh, observation. But if you think about the two guys that started this off, Stunning Steve and Barry Windham, I mean, we're talking about some pretty good damn workers there. You know what I mean? And then you're sending in Rick Rude now, who's an insane performer. Happy birthday today, right? Rick Rude would have been his birthday today, correct? Yes. Nice. Nice right, shout-out. Yeah. Same but with you know, uh, John Moxley. 
Yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to say, because one of the original questions was about the roof of the cage. In, and, I, and then you see stunning Steve grab onto it and then, and then do something to Wyndham and using the cage for, for his advantage. And obviously you're not gonna have that with, without a ceiling, but I feel like it gives you know, the newer generation, these NXT kids, you know, um, which I think that these WCW kind of style pay-per-views are geared for. I think that's their kind of, I mean, if you look at the NXT product and like you said, it had, Vince doesn't have his hands all over it, you can tell that there's a difference. And I think that's why it's been so successful in a lot of ways and people tune into it and like it. And I think it's more reminiscent of the WCW style that we're watching right now. I mean, that's my takeaway from it. But I think having that open cage, you know, take that women's match last night in, in the, in the cage. Holy cow. That, that was, that was, I mean, and that kicked off the show. I mean, that was just insane. I mean, they were, and I love the, the new aspect of it is like there's a cage outside of the ring that the, the, the they have to stay. Right. It's not like this mm. where they're at opposite ends of the, of the, of the rings. It's like now they're in a cage. So I think there's, you know, the updates on this are pretty cool. And I think there was an update from this one, right? From the, from 91 to 92, when they would flip a coin each time, right? Right. So I think updating it and what we saw last night, I think, I think definitely it's, 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 I can't say it's better, but it's definitely cool that they updated it like they did. I think the cage is a little bit higher, too, from past war games in this, the 92 one, right? Because it looks higher, I and I know which one you're talking about, the one with Sid Vicious, and it felt like that cage, because I remember Lex Luger hanging from that cage, It that cage seemed like it was probably a foot or two lower at that point. Yeah, you know, I'm not too sure. We'd, I, that would be interesting to kind of, see those matches back to back to kind of to gauge but I, you know i'm trying to think besides sid vicious who was in that first one in 91 i'm trying to remember was it the steiners too or the road warriors it was the road warriors wasn't it i i believe so like i said these were these were some of my favorite matches and at that time i mean it was innovative yeah well it was in i remember it was like in somewhere in texas let's see it was the former well, it was the Four Horsemen versus Sting, Brian Pillman, and the Steiner Brothers. Okay, was it in was it in Texas? That was ninety one. Uh, let's see here. I'm I'm googling it up. I don't know. It doesn't say here. Then was it was it the same event where Rude took the title from Flair? I th the one you may be thinking of is eighty eight, where it was Dusty yeah. Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, Lex Luger, Steve Williams. Uh, Stunning Steve Austin, uh, Paul Ellen B versus the Four Horsemen. That was eighty-eight. It wasn't Stunning Steve Austin. That was Doctor Death. Steve. Oh, Doctor Death. Thank you for correcting me. When you know I when I see Steve Williams, you always for me I all harken back to that. Well, it's the same thing. It's what Lars said, but it's the evolution because every, even every big man used to not leave their feet. Now every big man's got a top rope move. You can't hit a top rope move. My, my, I know he's in WWE, but you know Montez Ford hitting a frog splash. I mean, there's no all those moves last night with jumping off the tops and just opening it up. It's just you know like the evolution, and that'll be interesting, something to watch and see what they've changed over the years. It's, you know, different, another level to it. 
which is interesting to listen to. Oh, look at that double, double Boston grab. Oh, yeah. Uh, then there was the 89 War Games, where it was the Road Warriors in the Midnight Express with Dr. Death versus the Fabulous Freebirds with the Samoan SWAT team. Wow. Ooh. I mean, these, I some of these matches are phenomenal. And gosh, then there was the 97, where it was the NWO versus the Four Horsemen. I, so we've got so much stuff if we want to like deep dive into war game matches, and that's what that's boy. I you go back. Here, to, yes, here's a deep dive to me, right? Is that you mentioned everything you said? Four horsemen, four horsemen, four whatever it is, right? So I look at where wrestling's at now, and and Lars said it earlier about Dusty Rhodes' influence throughout wrestling all over the world, but especially. In some of these big pay-per-views, you look at Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, um, creative side of AEW or whatever they're doing there, Sting going there and stuff like that. I think that that's why is because they're learning to incorporate the old and the new, and that's you know why wrestling's pop right now and has made it interesting for all of us old guys also because there are flashes of the old. You know what I'm saying? And you can go back and enjoy this. Well, what I think AEW has that's benefiting them is the value of hindsight, which they're clearly, and I hate, and I'm not using this as a derogatory term, but they're ripping off the model of WCW, which, you know what? Back in the day, WCW, NWA was phenomenal wrestling, great storytelling. I mean, top of the game. What AEW is doing is they're going back and taking the best parts of that and modernizing it, <laughs> merchandising it, and and really, I I think doing what WCW and NWA should have done back in the day. Well, there's a difference too. There's billions and billions of dollars behind the AEW, which can stand up to the Empire to be able to do what they've done. And yes, they've learned. History repeats itself. So if you don't change it, you know, if, if you want to get better. So they, I absolutely agree with you, but there's a lot of different reasons because oh, now look it's all that. about having that, having the guy with the support. Arn Anderson. Well, they, well, they had the support with Ted Turner, but they, they ran a shit show and that's <laughs> where WCW's downfall began where now you have, and you were right there about learning from past history that, AEW has a tighter ship that's being ran by a billionaire and he's letting the, the wrestlers that know what's going on do what they got to do. But you have, you have Jim Ross, you have Tony Schiavone that's been there forever and they're bringing that old school wrestling back because that, that's why AEW is so enjoyable to watch. It does remind me of old NWA mid-80s and stuff. Like come on Saturday morning and then Saturday evening and stuff. Stuff. That's good old fashioned wrestling. Yeah, everybody's having fun. It looks like everybody looks like they want to be there. No matter what they're doing, they're invested in it. And I love to see the win win. Well, the thing I just, I just, it, it, so it wasn't, a, a, a War Games wasn't uh, its own individual pay per view in 93. It was part of Fall Brawl. Right. And so that's the one I was referring to. And that had Vader. Bulldogs, Sid Vicious, <laughs> you know what I mean? These guys Holy that were, dying, whoa, 
I know, right? Look at Medusa on top of the cage. Look at Sting. Doesn't doesn't because oh, this is right when he has a broken rib or a broken neck or something. He's yeah, yeah. God. This is look at this now and i hate to say it like this but think of some of the talent that's not with us anymore throughout the history of wrestling but you still have dustin Rhodes still going sting who's come back i mean oh man it i as much as i bag on the undertaker for should have retiring i don't know why i give sting a pass because on the flip side i think sting should probably go too I see. This is where I disagree. I don't think he had the proper send off that he deserved. And I'm super. When when he came back to AEW that night, dude, I popped. I got dude. Sick. That was incredible. That was insane. <laughs> that was. I think so we all. Cool. It it didn't matter that there was only a hundred people watching that in the audience. Like the it that whatever that was going on there. Moved me emotionally through the TV screen. That was just I know, I almost, almost knocked you know, over my dinner plate. Moved, <laughs> what moved me was like as your as it popped and you're like embracing it. How so? Then you dial in, you know me, storyline guy. So then you dial in on each interaction and how Darby Allen was honest, like father and son, like but he was he was stood <laughs> up right? to him, sort of like it was like so poetic like you said d like we like it was superheroes and it was that that kid mentality of what they brought and i agree with you lars exactly he didn't get his proper setup and that's why i love aw seems like it's the appreciation like no matter what they are and i guess i i get more of that from the behind the scenes stuff you know and and how like relatable they are like they, they get what's going on different things so it, to me it was awesome but that wasn't like there was also another big story with that shows we're gonna see aew guys on tna or impact now Ooh. i'm a little worried about that uh, truthfully I'm not, i think this is going to be great because they've been doing this interpromotional stuff in japan for years i was actually at a um at a dome show I guess it would have been 90 or no, oh. 2000, 2007. Yeah. 2007 or maybe 2004. I don't remember. I was at a dome show and they were doing interpromotional stuff and it was great because it's almost, it kind of opens up this whole thing. And, and we know that, I mean, WCW was doing interpromotional stuff with new Japan forever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, bringing in um, Muda and, and, sending the Steiners over there and stuff like that. So it's not something that we, it's unheard of. And I, I'm kind of curious to see how it's all going to transpire. When, where I, I like it. Where I'm a little bit worried is I look at the Impact's roster, which, listen, we all know they don't have the budget AEW has. And, boy, I think that if you're going to do a interpromotional rivalry, which we won't see until after the new year because all of Impact's tapings has already been taped. So what we're going to see uh, uh, coming up this week on Impact is a a recorded sit-down with Don Callis and, and Kenny, <coughs> and they're going to just kind of insert it into the show. But I think they need a a different champion. Impact does if they're going to do some sort of in a promotion. I love Rich Swan, 
But when I think of Rich Swan versus you know AEW, it to me it doesn't move my meter. If it was Sammy Callahan, if it was anybody else, I think that I would be a little bit more excited because head to head, let's be honest, I don't think Rich Swan has a chance versus Kenny Omega. I disagree with you right there. Really? Yes. I've been watching Rich Swan ever since he came to WWE and was the cruiserweight champion. And then he had the, the charge with his wife, Sue Young, and then got released. And he built himself up. He basically built himself up in impact to be a main event player. You know, all the stuff he's done with Sammy Callahan and, and all those other guys built built himself up to become a kind kind of like Kofi Kingston who would have thought he would have been a WWE champion but when once he put the belt on he actually you know he looked good with the belt Rich Swan looks good with the belt and if anything he may lose the match against Kenny Omega Kenny Omega seemed to know how to bring out the best out of people and with Rich Swan and him being a black a black man as well that came from absolute garbage to be where he is. He's a real life story that people can get behind and putting that together is going to put more eyes on AEW and impact wrestling. So it's a, like D max is a win-win. Uh, I, I think I absolutely, uh, Dimitri, whatever way it you can see I look at it this way, right? When everybody involved is working towards the same goal, whether you like it or not, right or wrong, they're going to figure it out quick. It's either going to work or it's not going to work, but waste each other's time. Who does it benefit the most? Does it benefit AEW more to, to do a No, it benefits Impact, which is like the feeding ground, right? AEW realizes that, between that and then Impact and New Japan, whatever the things you hear, I think it's perfect because you want some sort of symmetry. Remember what we what we love about Ric Flair? 17-time world champ, whatever, but he, you go fight everywhere, travel around the world. And, you know, I think that's what you're getting back to because that's what the wrestlers more want. I, I, I feel like that's what they're performing to because, you know, the athlete, the athleticism, the performances – you know, compared to the, I mean, this is old school and it's great, but it's like playing with toys from back in 92, playing with new toys today. There's no comparison. Let, let me, let me change the subject for one half second. Uh, watching this match as we all are doing now. And then the war games from Sunday night, which one do you think is more brutal? Because this old school <laughs> this one, yeah, I was going to say, because in this one, there's no tables, there's no chairs, there's no fire extinguisher. There's probably no air conditioning. No. It, elements to their advantage. But this one, there's just <laughs> blood everywhere and just carnage. It It's amazing what you can do with less sometimes. Well, it's it's funny to me because, like, I was noticing this. It's like you got both Dustin and, and Barry Windham in uh, yellow trunks. <laughs> and then you got Arn in white trunks. So you know it's going to be a bloodbath. And that and they're wearing their trunks just so they could show how bad it is. You know, it's all part of the, the theater of it all. Look at Sting and his fluorescent yeah, green. Yeah. You know, even uh, Sting's got those lime greeners on there. I mean, and Austin, oh gotta love Austin when he gigs because he just 
bleeds like a stuck pig. You know what I mean? It's amazing. I bleed like that. That's how I used to bleed. Wow. Yeah. That head would bleed like a sieve. This this is just phenomenal. I, you want to know something? Who, who, who is that right there? That, that is Steve Austin and Nikita Koloff. Oh my God. Koloff. Wow. <laughs> That's when Nikita Koloff, you know, now he's Lithuanian. <laughs> he was such a beast back <laughs> in the day. He's from Lithuania, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Dustin yeah. all covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, one of the things that was interesting about the whole Sting comeback and how he goes up to Darby Allen, and it's, I almost feel like, you know, in a, a psychological way, they're trying to explain a little bit of what Darby Allen is trying to do in a weird way. So I, I, that's what I yeah. get out of it. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like Jedi. It's almost like Obi-Wan and, and, and Luke Skywalker, stuff like this. It's going to, you're going to, Sting's going to explain to us because we know the Stinger. He's, you know, we know what he's about. And he's going to, I totally get it, Lars. I totally think it just plays plays in. And because I think that might be something that Sting said, hey, what about this? And it's like, everybody's like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, and hey, I think hey, well, this is what I see out of it. Because Darby Allen's been doing that creeping from the, the stands for quite a bit. And he has the face, face paint and... And I was thinking about this long ago. I was like, that'd be cool if if he's doing that like for Sting and Sting can mentor him. Cause remember when Taz was trying to get get the Darby mm-hmm. Allen, you know, recruit him, he was like, No, no. I can see Sting totally because he has a full time role. What is he gonna do? He's gonna mentor him and probably somebody else and, and join the group of the old great wrestlers who have become managers. And also, like, you know, we were talking a few shows ago about um, Dominic and, and Ray and how, you know, we sort of fantasized a little bit about Ray handing, you know, Dominic a mask or something like that. This is a perfect opportunity where Sting can hand over the baseball bat to Darby. Oh, with the skateboard. Yeah. Oh, hell. Oh, look at Arn Anderson. You know, I love Sting's ooh. coat, by the way, that he can hide the baseball bat inside of it. It's so awesome. Oh, hell yeah. Here, here's what I'd like to see. Just one last time, kind of a throwback. Sting was always a sucker in WCW. The character he played, he always fell for Ric Flair's tricks, whether it was being part of the horseman, getting kicked out. You know, <laughs> you, you guys know Sting was always the fool wanting to always trust and be BFFs with Sting. I just want to see one time in AEW where Arn Anderson screws him. You know what? Let, let's go back a little further because Sting, watching Sting wrestle and watching John Cena, I think John Cena was a big Sting fan as well. So, I mean, I'm going off topic a little bit. I just wanted to bring that up. But um, that wouldn't be a bad thing right there. We'd be talking about Arn Anderson double-crossing Sting. I would love to see it, that little nod to their history. Well, I think there was like this little thing because he was the first guy he goes to when he gets into the ring, and then he goes to the brothers, and then he goes to Darby, right? Yes. What was the sequence? It went Arn, Arn, Dustin, Cody, Darby. So it went generational. Yeah, So, and I feel feel a little bit like, like there's something to that. I don't know what that is yet. Hopefully, it's the 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 uh, 
the passing of the baton, in this case, a baseball bat. But uh, I'm just hoping to see what this is. You know, it's, it's really exciting to me. And I think AEW is like the one promotion, like you've been saying, DMAC, that like excites me. Like I look forward into tuning in. It, it, like Raw and SmackDown, I'm just like, there's guys I want to see. And then I'm pretty much either on my phone or reading Pro Wrestling Illustrated. <laughs> and, you know, it's just... It's, well, no, Lars, to that point, right? All my WWE and NXT stuff, I just wait to YouTube till they have the wrap-up and they can see everything. I might go and watch the opener to see who's opening. You know what I mean? At the beginning and stuff. But no, AEW, I'll end up watching more of it because of the program, because of the intricacies. Same thing with, uh, you know, TNA. I'll find myself watching more of the program. But I, but I think for me, it's that vibe of working toward, like everybody's together. Like everybody, whether they're a heel or they're not or whatever, they're, they're, they're doing their best to put each other over. And, you know, that's what I, you know, and even to that point, NXT last night, like, say what you want like that was brutal what we, what we just watched and the stinger pulled out the win obviously and uh, the bloodshed and stuff but man the the injuries the table shots the chair you know all that stuff man everybody was just giving it last night i you know i only watch nxt i'll I watch the takeovers and when killer cross is on just cuz he's a good friend of mine and i did get him fired for him impact but it's killian cross sir he will it's always Killian, not killer he will always be killer cross to me <laughs> but but yeah it, it, you, you got to get him fired again i i'm i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> Pete, it was a funny story cuz for a little bit when Pete and i did the podcast we got uh, eli drake fired and we got killer cross fired so it's it, but they wanted to go and they were using us as a platform to say some discouraging things and we we let them. Disparaging, disparaging, yeah. not discouraging. Disparaging. Well, they, they were also discouraging. So, but yeah, I, <laughs> not to them. <laughs> yeah, to them it was a better payday. So, I, I gotta tell you, I kind of like this whole format of talking and watching classic wrestling. I think next episode we get together. I don't know when it is, but uh, one of us, somebody next, should pick a match and we sit down and watch it. Lars, yeah. yeah. So I'm, you're up. Well, listen, um, I'm the guy with the newest pair of gloves. Yeah. <laughs> Here, hold on. We've been modeling for you. Yes. Yes. It, you know what? Nothing beats these the old WCW uh, graphics. Too, by the way. All right, hello, gentlemen. Wow. Oh, I can see so clearly too. It's amazing. It's it's distinguishing from rock star to professor. <laughs> My old lady asked me to keep them on the other night. Nice, <laughs> nice. Hello, so sugar baby. Whatever, man. I'll, I'll role play. Hey, it, boy. by the way, as we wrap this uh, episode up, I, 2020 is coming to an end. In the wrestling business, what stuck out to you the most? What worked? What didn't work? Maybe what was your favorite match go? You know, of the year? I, it's still early. 
And as this comes to an end, maybe the first show in January, the last show in December we do, I want to kind of put together, I don't know, our personal best ofs. But just off the top of your head, I, I was trying to think of this today. With as wacky as the wrestling industry has been, was there anything that stood out to you? I mean, for me personally, it's all this stuff that's been happening in the last couple of weeks. You know, I think with, with Sting's return, I think the war games last night was, was epic. I love that Thatcher match. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was sick. Wow. His, ear, oh. his ear was bleeding shades of Roddy Piper, uh, Greg Valentine dog collar match. That's, you know, I think that that's had to have been the hard way, you know? Oh, so, yeah. I mean, that whole show last night, I thought was so perfect. It was so... It, Go, Dimitri nailed it. Dusty Rhodes all over that. You know no, what I mean? No. Like a trip, like with, with every little, yeah, uh, yeah, the the freaking, uh, what's his name? The psycho dude with the eyes. Le Loomis? Oh, yeah. God that's damn it. Dude, like that, that's a great, like he's got that, and he took a beating too, bro. Like looking at all these guys and the welts and stuff, like you, you're looking and you're going, oh, man. Taking the chair shots, I I was like you, Lars. Just I was so impressed for my first war games. I was spoiled. That that might have been, and that was a phenomenal match. That might have been the worst match on the card, and that's and that's a compliment <laughs> considering every match was phenomenal. No, what 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 was your favorite match on the card, guys? What was your favorite and worst match on on? Last night's war games. I like the beginning. Yeah, the women tour. Women's war game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. I, Isho Shirai, dude. Like she took some sick bumps and dives, and as the champ and stuff. I mean, I that's pretty cool. They elevated Raquel. That woman is lethal. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if there really was like I mean, like you said, Dennis, like you know, that if that was the worst match, which that was a pretty good match, I don't think there was a I don't think there was a lemon in the lot. I don't think it would be fair. I mean, there was obviously the high points. I mean, the stuff that these guys are doing these days is just it's phenomenal. You know, it's phenomenal. And lady too. NXT does it right. They've they've got it down to a science where, what, four or five matches, you keep it short. I think the longest was like seven matches. Keep it short, make it good, and get out of there where the main roster stuff. And I think it's a almost an indictment to the WWE main brand where you have these guys not wanting to leave NXT. You have guys wanting to go back to NXT. If you think about it, and this was one of my complaints where they were talking about the Tuesday Night Wars. And I was always like, well, I don't know because you're, you're, you're putting up one company's A show in AEW versus WWE's C show in NXT. And that, <laughs> a show. Well, and, and, <laughs> a show. And, and, and just a show. Well, and that's, well that, in the past, that's kind of what it was. But now when I see talent ready to leave – Raw SmackDown to go back to NXT, 
that tells you something about what that company's going through and how the system's broken. Dirty of wrestling versus entertainment. And it sounds like the peers want to go back to NXT and have phenomenal matches with very little storyline that makes no sense whatsoever. And, you know, really do what they really want to do in wrestling. I'm pretty sure everybody that wants to go to W, you know, go to WWE, they want that just like every kid want to be a big league ball player or rock star or hockey player at the highest level. And it's like, once you get there, you know, what is cracked up to be? Because some people, yeah, I don't mind jobbing out every night and doing this is part of being there. And then there's some people that, you know, I made my name from the bottom up, like John Moxley's story. You know, he's in it for the purity of wrestling, not the slapstick sideshow comedy, especially during the end of his tenure when he had that doggone gas mask on. And, you know, that wasn't really him. He seemed like he was bored doing that, where he has full of life being John Moxley! Well, I mean, that's the thing. You see the difference in the impact product and the AEW product to the to the WWE main shows. You see the difference. It's wrestling. And it's like, and I think in this day and age, in this time, what that we're all going through and experiencing all together, we want something that, and I feel like it's the psychology of what's happening in the human race right now. We want something real that we can sink our teeth into. And it's just like, uh, you know, an audio file with a record player. They're going to go to that format because they believe that it's the best sounding kind of way to listen to music. And then kids are figuring out, oh, this is a warm way to sound, you know, not, you know. And I think it's the same thing with wrestling or music or anything else. Like, like why is ACDC's record the biggest record on face of planet Earth? Well, I'll tell you why, because it's fucking real and it's rock and roll and there's no bullshit attached. It is what it is. Here's what I think it honestly is for wrestling fans. We are programmed, and I think I've said this on the past uh, episode, we're programmed that USA is a channel, Monday night's the night to watch wrestling. You could put any show on that channel at that time and it will succeed. It's not so much WWE, but we are sheep. If it's not on Monday night and it's not on the USA channel, we don't really tune in live anymore. I know AEW's breaking the mold and changing things up a little bit, but before that, when SmackDown changed from, what was it, uh, USA to Spiker Pop or something, I didn't watch yeah, they it. They bounced all over the place. Right. Yeah. It, it, for me, if I'm watching live, it, oh, and, and thank God for TNT because you know that, that goes back to my WCW days, but... God darn it, man. If it's not on USA, I'm not watching it. If if Raw went to any night on different channel, no one would watch it and the ratings would drop. It's we're sheep, and it's got to be that channel that night. Well, it goes to familiarity, you know, and, and, and it, you know, sometimes it's simple and sometimes it's like you, you want, there's got to be, there's, we all have this sort of, and it goes to exactly what you're all saying, it's, you know, it's, to try to tie it in is that there's some sort of the familiarity to it there's some sort of of way that we've been programmed but now the top right the people at the top they're changing the game right and i mean the aw and tna and then and they're changing it so they're giving us options i think that's the whole thing is with Lars. is the options even though they're whatever age you're force fed 
you go back to the originals and ACDC is one of them, three chords and the truth, bro. And just, you know, you always know what you're going to get. It's solid. You're going to jam out to it. And I don't give a shit if it all sounds the same, right? There's something, something to it. And it's, I, I got to believe it's along the lines of something philosophical. So I'm going to stop there. All right. <laughs> last question. We'll wrap it up. And this is kind of looking forward into 2021. One thing. Yes, Dimitri. I never gave you an answer about um, the 2020 answer. I about, yeah. well, there's two things. One, Tessa Blanchard becoming the first woman to win a major heavyweight championship. And number two, the rise of Drew McIntyre. That's mine. Boy, I, I wish I could go with you on the Tessa thing, but I think she soured me so much with the way she had that opportunity and then refused to do anything after that for impact. You know, I know the coronavirus hit and if you read the dirt sheets or believe what you hear, all she had to do was send a couple promos in and things would end have ended a little bit more smoothly between impact and, and her. And it, it speaks volumes that AEW doesn't want to sign her. I've, I've seen her. Uh, I don't have anything bad to say personally, but I know people who are not fans of her. She has a bit of a reputation. Ah, boy, uh, that one sours me. I'm all right with Drew. I think for me, and Lars, I'll step in and do me real quick and give you a second to think, or if you already have yours, but it's the return of the cinematic matches in the Firefly Funhouse for me for 2020, which really, I, I think Bray Wyatt, was I, I credit I credit Bailey a lot for really carrying WWE during the coronavirus because for a lot of times she was the only thing super interesting. But when that whole fiend, when that whole Firefly Funhouse thing started taking off, I really think Bray Wyatt doesn't get the props he deserves on carrying that brand. So it's for me, it's those two things. What about you, Lars? Yeah, I mean, the, obviously the Fiend thing, you know, you guys know how much of a super fan I am. I, I, you know, I think they've missed so many opportunities with him, especially with the Taker. Yeah. Um, uh, what you call it? The 50th retirement. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, there, I think there's been so many good things. I, um, it's it's hard to pinpoint one. I, to me, I'm always the most current. Like, if you if you're exciting me now, that's my favorite thing. You know what I mean? Mm. And honestly, other than you know maybe the fiend and 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 maybe uh, maybe the uh, hurt business, I thought that was awesome. Oh, how I mean, did I forget them? Yeah, you, yes. you know what I mean. The street profits. Yeah. You know, you don't like them. The, the street profits. A new day match. That was pretty freaking cool. That's one of the standouts for me for sure. Cause like, like when we talked about it, it just looked like they were having so much fun. And it was just like, let's just go in there, call audibles and have fun. We know the finish, but everything else in between, we're just gonna play grab ass, talk shit, and just do this like we wanna do it. And um, to me, that was real. And I love that. So it's all the, you know, and then obviously the sting thing, I think that's, and then now I'm, I'm really curious and I know, you know, might not be the most popular thing, but I want to see impact in the AEW. I want to see what that's going to be. Is the NWA going to come in now? 
Like, is it going to be a bunch of smaller promotions and they're going to be a conglomerate? Like what the F is going to happen? Because whatever it's going to shake up the system to make the, everybody's product that much better, I'm ready for. I tell you what, for everybody else's podcast is going to end, but you guys hang on after this. I got something interesting to tell you. So, guys, this is this week's Wrestling With War Games. Uh, enjoy. We'll talk to you guys a little bit later. Good night. <laughs>